0: Your Life by Design presents the expansion and evolution project. In this podcast series, I interview women who have decided to shake it up and redefine what it means to be successful and lean into a mission-driven life. These are women who are on a soul expansion journey. They left what was familiar, made a pivot in their career, and followed the calls of their soul. Listen to their journey, the lessons they learned, the doubts that they moved through, and how much more expanded their life feels just by leaning into their desires. Be inspired by their story so that you can begin to take those steps that lead you to redefining your own life. This process of expansion and evolution is the core of my work and how I came to create my meet your edge experience, which takes you through the edges of your potential and onto your next evolution. I can't wait to share this with you. Stay on to the end so you can access my complimentary expansion evolution workbook with journal questions. Now let's begin. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to remind you that if you are someone who is in that same boat, is like, wondering what else is out there? Is there something more for you? I'm gonna say this, and I say this all the time, I'm gonna say it over and over again. You have gifts. You have gifts that you were born with, that you're meant to share with the world. It has a ripple effect. When you step into your own alignment, it has a ripple effect and it impacts other people. There are people waiting for you to step into their gifts because it's gonna help them to step into theirs. And if you are someone that feels like, all right, I wanna learn what these gifts are. I wanted to step more into it. I have a free workbook that I created specifically, the intention of that workbook was to uh, create it and pair it with this project. And so you can go on your own expansion and evolution with this workbook. In fact, it is called the expansion evolution workbook because you're gonna come out of it being more expanded and more evolved because you're going to learn your gifts. You're gonna, this is like not your typical journal. It takes you on this profound journey where you're gonna be asking yourself questions that you've probably never asked before, and you're gonna come out with so much more clarity around what you're meant to be doing. So that is in the show notes to so grab the link. It's free, I created it for you. I've been getting like a lot of feedback from it already. It's amazing, I've been just so impressed with it already. Like just even myself when I read the questions again, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, these are so good. So make sure you check it out. If you are ready for this next step, If you are ready to have a deeper expansion and deeper evolution, and you are wanting someone to support you in that, I want to invite you to check out my program, Meet Your Edge. This program, you guys, is phenomenal. Not only does it combine human design, which I'm a huge fan of, where we dive into further into your gifts, we look at where a lot of conditioning might lie. Where are some fears, some patterns that might be existing in your life that maybe perhaps had been in past lifetimes that you're carrying over that we can clear out? Where are these shadow expressions that we can transmute into gift expressions? And so then you are stepping into your alignment. You're stepping into who you're meant to be, your purpose, your own energetic blueprint, right? So it combines human design. It also combines rapid resolution therapy. This needs a completely separate podcast episode on its own, but basically the whole rapid resolution therapy perspective is that data comes in from experiences, right? What we see, what we feel, what we smell, the actual experience, it's the data that remains. And sometimes there's a glitch in that data and how it's being processed. And that glitch can remain in this active file where it can be triggered by something else. We might feel anxiety or fear trying to solve a problem that no longer exists because it's now in the past. So if you're having fear of being seen, fear of stepping into your gifts, fear of or even not having clarity on the next step, RRT can help clear that, which is why I include it in Meet Your Edge. It is a phenomenal program. I've, I'm trained in it. I have received it. It is wild and so it's part of meet your edge because what i've noticed is i can show you your blueprint i can show you what your gifts are but if you're not sure how to embody and integrate it and move forward it doesn't mean anything so i wanted to make sure we had a tool in there to clear the doubt to clear the cobwebs to clear any congestion about you moving forward and living your purpose so it is a three-part one-on-one container that combines human design and rapid resolution therapy. And then of course we have a completely separate call at the beginning where we're gonna dive deep into some of your fears and your limiting beliefs and what's showing up for you. So then we have the framework to move forward. It is amazing. It is also in the show notes, make sure you check that, especially if you're wanting to have your own expansion and evolution for yourself. All right, now on to the show. Dory, thank you for popping on here today. I know we had some technical issues at the beginning, so hopefully we are smooth sailing on out. Clearly, I've known you, not clearly to the listeners, but I've known you for a while. Why don't you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what
1: you do, and then we can move forward. Awesome. Yes. First of all, Karen, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be part of your podcast. I am an intuitive health practitioner. And so what that means is I specialize in using different modalities. Specifically, I use aromatherapy, energy clearing, sound frequency, muscle testing to clear out blocks and to help attain this nervous system balance. And most of the time I'm working with individuals who are stuck. It could be health, emotions in business, anxiety, and helping them to get momentum and to understand to trust their body and their mind so that they can live their lives to the fullest. So I do that with individual coaching and through courses that people can take as well. I love that. And I love how that we're what you
0: do right now, it's something that kind of like magically evolved and became a thing of its own. And You didn't always do this. I remember you were a teacher when, before your kids were born, that was something that you did. That was what you went to school for. Um, Why don't you talk about what your life looked like before this? And and we'll just map out
1: the journey to this point. Absolutely. I, I think that my life has been a series of different careers and I think even before teaching It goes back to my childhood, and I was a unique kid. I actually, I was in the theater. I was raised by the theater from the age of three to 19. I had been in 70 different productions. And many of them were professional theater. I was really fortunate in the community that I grew up in to have professional theater opportunities. And so I was constantly in shows. I had an agent in New York. I went to professional summer camp. And then I worked for professional theater as well. I had a career as a child in the theater. And, And so that was what I thought my life was going to be. I thought that I would go to college study acting and then go up to New York and try my luck there and then I met my now husband yeah. and he's not in the theater and it was this really cool eye-opening experience of hey there's something else besides what my path was going to be and pretty quickly realized I I wanted to just see what else is out there theater. I can always fall back on that. I have my talent that's not gonna go away, but let me just see what else I can do with my life. And so I transferred schools. I started at, at one school and transferred to Virginia Tech and looked at what I could do with the, the three years that I had left. And I found human development as a major. and. Truly, it had nothing to do with what I would do after college. My mom gave me this great advice when I transferred. She said, just find a major that makes you happy and that you love the classes. I was like, "Huh, okay. And that made me happy too, because I, I think I always wanted just, to just be a professional student. I just always wanted to learn. <laughs> and so when my mom gave me permission to say, take the next three years and take classes that you love and something will come from that and so i did and so from there i got my bachelor in science and then realized oh i could take this and turn it into education and so then i got my masters in elementary education and so then i just entered teaching because that's what you do you know you go from one thing to the next mm-hmm. and so i did that i taught for several years i put my all in it. Um, We had gotten married at that point. We had purchased a home. We had a cat and a dog. We were living the life, and I was doing great. I was doing really well. I was able to stretch my creativity, and I felt like I was always on stage, uh, which was nice when you're in a classroom. (laughs) You're always pulling out things Mm. from that life in theater and
0: Can I asked you a question about something before yes. you go? First of all, I think that was so incredible for you in your first year to be like, huh, let's just see where this else takes me. Like, it doesn't have to be all like acting. Let's see what else. Do you think it sounds like you had very supportive parents that kind of supported your or let me ask you this before I assume this. Did you have parents that kind of supported imagination and creativity and pivoting? And let's try this. and Or even as an actor, do you think that led to you being a little bit
1: flexible in, in that? You know, what's really funny is I would never call myself flexible oh. in that. <laughs> in fact, it was probably only in the last maybe five years that I would say that I go with the flow. And my kids probably still don't think that I truly do. But- No, I think that, if anything, that, yes, I had very supportive parents, my mom, especially, she just wanted me to be happy. Mm. And I was very unhappy my first year of college. And so she just, she said, it doesn't really matter what your degree is and just finish, just do something and finish. I think my dad was probably confused. He mm-hmm. said, wait, this has been your life. This has been your dream. And now it's changed. But at the same time, he was supportive. He was happy that I lived closer, for sure. And... Because where were you before for... In, when you were school for acting? I went to Vanderbilt, which actually isn't known for its theater program, but has a really cool theater department there. And we had found it. And truly, if I stuck with theater, it would have given me such a great education. It just... Mm. I had fallen out of love of theater. After doing it for 16 years and doing it so much, I was burned out.
0: And I think I part of like, I fell out of, out of love with it. And I was like, I think there's so many women who choose a career path and it changes or they change or things in their life change and it doesn't quite fit into yeah. the, in their lives anymore. And I would love for women to have that permission to explore, even if it's like what I call like toe dipping, like just get your feet wet, take a little piece of it. You don't have to completely pivot, but just to be a little bit more flowy, even if you may not feel flowy, but like just to explore a little bit more. And that's so great that you recognize it then that it's just, I don't know, this is what I want to continue doing. So anyways, I just think that's great at such a young age to, even though you never considered yourself flowy then. But (laughs) at a young age to recognize that this isn't what I want and then have the parents to support that as opposed to, you know what, this is what we picked and you're going
1: to make that commitment. You're going to continue because that's the commitment you made. I love that. Anyways. Yeah. Any pressure that I ever had was always my own pressure that I placed on myself. Mm -hmm. It was never from my parents. And And that's something that I've realized growing older and working through the healing that I've gone through is every single piece of guilt, every single negative emotion that I clear out. It's all that I've placed on myself. It was never from someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's really empowering too, is, oh, I don't have to worry about someone else. My mom, funny enough, she lived a life of different careers as well. She went from being a bank teller to a 4-H extension agent, Mm -hmm. to a school counselor, to a career counselor, to a dance instructor. She just has had- had that.
0: framework and that, that experience to know what it's like, that feeling that it's to
1: try to something different. Exactly. And what was neat is seeing her go through each of those stages. It wasn't like she woke up one day and she wanted to do something different. And that's not how it worked for me either. I've listened to your podcast and it's amazing to hear the stories of the women who that has happened. They woke up and they said, this is not what I want to be doing. But for me and also for my mom, it was a slow drip. And it was just all of a sudden, it was like, Oh, okay, the shift has been happening. And now I'm just going to embrace it.
0: Yeah. And I know, because I know you, and I know your journey, and I know the things that you shift it to, and then shift it away from, and then shift it to something else, again, speaks to, okay, this isn't working, or, huh, I do have this desire. Let's go into it. Let's lean into it. And I think there's so many points in our life where like we think we want something and that thing isn't what we want, but that thing propels us to the thing that we ultimately want. And yes. so by like stifling that energy and stifling ourselves to explore something, it might stifle that end result, that evolution mm-hmm. that we might be eventually called to. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So I want to circle back to what you were saying before I interrupted you about, you had, you were married, you had your dogs, your two dogs and go from there. Yeah.
1: I was teaching. I was teaching. I was doing great. I was doing, I was so fortunate in the school that I had been placed in that we had kids that passed all of the tests and we knew they were going to pass all the tests. So we didn't have, yes, we had to teach to the test, which is a whole other piece of education that we can talk about and another podcast and another day, (laughs) but we had things we didn't have to worry about. Mm -hmm. And so it gave us the flexibility as teachers. It gave me the flexibility to be creative with my lessons. And so I did a lot of out of the box thinking in my lessons. I was one of the the big STEM teachers at the school and leading that movement, And I was entering contests and I was winning contests for the lessons we were creating. And it was neat, but I was burned out. I went really hard and teaching is not for the faint of heart. It is so trying. And so I was burned out. So when I became pregnant with my twins, I said, okay, this is perfect. This is my excuse to get out of here. Yep. And and I, it was one of those really nice things that I felt held back. I felt, okay, people are depending on me. People are expecting me to stick with it. I just paid off my student loans, yep. <laughs> literally paid off my student loans. And then I got pregnant. And so I thought people are expecting this is my life and I just couldn't do it anymore. And yep. so- Having my babies was my excuse to step away. Let's talk about the
0: outside influence, the the thoughts that we go through where you're not enjoying it. You're burnt out. You're having a major transition in your life going from mm-hmm. like married, no kids to kids, but twins, which I know you haven't <laughs> mentioned yet, but twins and that whole, all that adjustment, you're like realizing that, again, you've been probably wondering if you should make a pivot. And this was like your reason to pivot. Right. And then you're either having those thoughts through your mind of like, how much money did I spend on this education and <laughs> this commitment? And I want it to do this. And how do I not want to do it? Or other people from the outside in looking at this is crazy. Like she's an amazing teacher and she's won all these awards and everyone loves having her. She'd be crazy to switch. Can you speak to like, how did you, it's easy to, when you become a mom, that your children become your whole world, that it's easy to be like, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so Mm -hmm. I don't have time or room for teaching. It's easy to use that as, not the excuse, but it's more acceptable to be like, I'm going to- Oh,
1: I totally used it as an excuse. (laughs) I completely, I had twins, so daycare would have cost the same as my paycheck. Mm. That was truly what I put on the outside. And there was so much truth to that. It was a way for me to deflect and to not own what I was feeling. Obviously, healing has happened since then. And for my next pivot, I will be able to This is why I'm pivoting and and be able to speak truthfully to that. But yeah, it was certainly, it was uh, blame. I was putting blame on that.
0: Mm. And so that was your rationale,
1: your way Mm -hmm. to reason that. It was, yeah. it was, it was, but really behind that it was exhaustion yeah. and it was overwhelmed, and it yeah. was, it was questioning if I was doing the right thing for these children. Mm-hmm. I was able to provide a really cool experience for them. And I'm still very close to many of those families 10 years later after leaving the classroom. And so that part I don't regret any of it, but I just wonder if, and again, there's, that's a whole other podcast on <laughs> where I was and how I was fitting into what education looked like in our state. So,
0: yeah, I want to move things forward a little bit. Cause I want to spend some time talking about what you do now and how your mm-hmm. life has shifted now. But before we get to that point, let's talk about the next thing you pivoted to, and we don't have to get into like too much details, but the business that you were doing and there and the the decision to leave that business oh. and the way that you worked through a lot of outside comments and are you okay to talk about that well, sure okay. absolutely i think this is you we don't have to go i don't want to go into a lot of detail about it but just more so the process for you oh. and what kind of drew you to it and then your decision to leave it. And I know that caused a huge stress for you as well. It's just like a huge, crazy time. And it so, was. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to, like, oh, yes, again, the mind, the mindset and how you worked through it. And how did you not stick to, or fall back into like, okay, fine, I'll stay because for these people, I'll stay. I would love to just, I think that's yeah. gonna help so many people. So let's go into Absolutely. that story about, so you, after you decided, when you were staying home with your kids, you decided you wanted to get into something.
1: And that yeah. To- I I was I was not meant to be fully a stay-at-home mom yeah. at least at that point in my life. I needed some sort of adult interaction that wasn't mm-hmm. just a child Smiling yep. when they had a dirty diaper, like yep. there, there's more. There was, for me. I needed more. I think a lot uh, of
0: moms listening to this would like wholeheartedly agree. Mm-hmm, yeah,
1: mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. And it doesn't take anything away from our love for our children. It's just I needed adult interaction, and so we had a health issue come up, and someone suggested essential oils. That mm-hmm. I try essential oils and. After several months of laughing behind this woman's back and thinking that she was crazy and all that thought, I was intrigued enough to try it. And then from there, it was like the floodgates opened up that I was, I entered into the world of natural health and I entered it through aromatherapy, but then it became this whole understanding of toxins and all that that plays and so it was with a uh, one particular company and very quickly i loved that i could use my teaching i could use the way that i had interacted with people on stage so i was using all of these gifts that i had honed over my different careers and different lives and put them into this and it was fun because I had this thing that I was building and I had an outlet and I could travel and I sent my husband to Nepal because of it. And we went on a cruise. We just, we had really cool experiences. I wrote books and so I got to experience that. I I podcasted, so I had a lot that I was doing but I realized that I didn't want to manage other people. Mm -hmm. And I was falling out of love of that aspect of it is that I, I wanted to, mm, what's the best way of saying it? I wanted to work one-on-one with people. I wanted to connect and do the belly to belly work. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I was able to do that. And I felt like my hands were tied and my Mm -hmm. Mouth, there was tape over my mouth. I feel like there was a lot that I couldn't do. And as I was learning more, because I was a forever student, there was a lot that I was told I couldn't say and couldn't do. And it took me about two years. It was probably during 2020, during the pandemic that I started really playing around with the idea of what happens if I step back. Yep. What happens if I step away? And I was like, I can't do that. I would let so many people down. They're depending on me. They, I've made a name for myself. What would they say? What would they do? And so I felt like I couldn't do it. And yet at the same time, I just kept dreaming. Oh, what would it be like if I had my own place and I saw my clients and what if? And I would play with different aspects of that. But then i wouldn't fully go all in but i love that you asked the question like
0: what if it were to look this way what if i were to do something different and i think that in itself like you get so much clarity and again can lead to that toe dipping or just can lead you into feeling it in your body like i would imagine Mm -hmm. that felt so much lighter compared to what you were doing currently at that time (laughs)
1: It did. It did only because it was cool to think of what it could be like. Mm-hmm. And it was terrifying. No, terrifying is not the right word. Stifling would probably be the best word because I thought I can't walk away. Mm-hmm. There are too many people. There are hundreds of people who would think X, Y, Z mm-hmm. if I went away. And after two years of that, I just I couldn't not do it anymore. And so I, I said, it was, that was it. Yeah, that was time. It was time for me to step away. And I, a lot of people said, what does that look like? And I said, I'm completely stepping away. I'm closing my account. I'm done. I'm done with that because I can't be half in. Um, I have to be able to have my hands untied. I have to be able to Move forward in the way that I want to. And I couldn't do that any other way.
0: And I think, or do you think that this feeling of stifled and not feeling like you're not enjoying it anymore and now you want to look at something else, do you think that's reminiscent of in your first year in college and kind of feeling stifled and not enjoying it and then pivoting and then having the support of your family? To support you so that in this situation it's oh i pivoted i lived nothing happened to me i survived i had support i was actually a a nicer better person afterwards do you think that kind of gave you the courage to do it again because you had already experienced it in a different capacity
1: i think so and i think what it was is i stopped This is probably, I don't know how I can say this. That doesn't sound heartless and like, I'm not caring. The best thing that I can do is say that in 2020, when we were all just home, Mm -hmm. I was able to depend on my family. And it was the four of us. It was my husband and our kids. And that became the most important aspect of life. And it always was, but that hadn't been my priority. My priority before was so divided. And it was because of that experience and because of really honing in on that as my central hub of life, that I think it gave me the reminder that it didn't really matter what other people thought. Ah, love that. Yeah. Love that.
0: Okay. What you moved into and what you do now is so incredible. And before we get into this part and you talking about what you're doing now and like how you're helping people, whether it's one-on-one individually or people mm-hmm. virtually. I love that everything that you've done, whether it's from growing up acting to teaching to all that stuff, it's like everything build upon each other and like never what, nothing was ever a waste. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like nothing was ever done and you didn't need it. Everything was just piled up and so like this whole concept of teaching like i like what would people think that i've spent this time teaching you use your you use teaching now like in in the way that you're teaching even muscle testing and stuff like you're using so i think a lot of people like in their heads what if i change or what if i shift or i spent all this money on this training like you literally will either take snippets of it that you would not have learned if you didn't do it or you incorporate what you learned, but you carry it with you. And I think for you, because you've had so many different pivots and experiences, I think that's so beautifully represented in, what you do now how I literally can see oh my god it's almost like she just took a whole wagon with her with all of her skills
1: and just rolled it over into her next thing which is why I really had to hone in on my own intuition because otherwise I look at that wagon of all the tools and I'm like oh gosh what do I pick like yeah what does this person need do they need nutrition do they and so that's why it's really nice to let things go and then just let intuition take over or muscle testing if your intuition is not quite there yet so
0: let's talk about what you do now because now you are you work at an amazing i've never been there but i've heard of it and i don't know what you would call it to me it's like some sort of spa but i don't know if what it's what you would qualify it as
1: um i i have trouble putting a finger on it as well (laughs) uh It is a beautiful therapeutic healing arts center. Mm -hmm. And so most of the women that work there are massage therapists. Mm -hmm. And so there's, that's really what people will come for is massage therapy. And we have an esthetician. And then here I am an aromatherapist and a holistic health practitioner. And so what's really cool is that clients can come in. If they know they want a lymphatic drainage massage, they can have that. Or if they just want a deep tissue, or if they want specific facials, that's fine. And and we have really therapeutic options. But then if they want some more deeper level healing that comes from that energetic component, then that's where I can come in. And so oftentimes I'm seeing people First, before they go to a massage therapist. And we are doing energy clearing and we are looking at trapped emotions and clearing those out. And you can't clear out everything in one session, but we're at least setting a foundation so that when they go to wherever else they go, or if they keep seeing me, I have many people that just keep seeing me, Mm -hmm. that we can keep building on that and clearing out all of the layers of things that have been trapped.
0: Yeah. Because just for the listeners who are listening, like a lot of our physical, a lot of things that we experience physically often have an emotional component to it. So mm-hmm. it's working on that root emotion and clearing that helps probably even help the treatment of what they're receiving from other providers to work more efficiently. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, oh, I mean, okay. love all that. I love that you do that. Go ahead. Sorry. It
1: is. Uh, No, it's okay. I'll tell you a quick story. Just if anyone is, how does this work? So there, I entered all of this years ago and it was a specific technique that uses aromatherapy and this somatic understanding. So the body mind understanding. And so I was leading a seminar with a couple hundred people in the room and we were passing out the oils that they could use with it. And they were identifying a goal that they wanted to work on. And anyways, this couple came up afterwards to me and they said, Dory, my husband, she said, my husband's knee pain is gone. Mm. And I said, that's really cool. And she said, it's been there for years. It is gone. And it was because the emotions that he was working through were trapped in the knee. And so when the emotion had been released, the knee pain was gone. It had resolved itself. And I saw them a couple of months later and it had only recently come back. And so then we were able to work through that again, but it's true. Our emotions and our physical ailments are so interconnected.
0: They totally are. I have a similar story where, so I ended up breaking my ankle in December, which I think was again, some sort of divine orchestration for me to, I was taking on too much and for me to just have a reset, but this podcast came out of it. It was like my recovery project basically. And I think I talk about it in like the second episode, but when I, when the cast came on or came off rather, and I was getting into physical therapy, everything was so weak. Cause I literally had been sitting for six weeks and And then it was slow and then I had to wear a boot for six more weeks after that. So it was like basically 12 weeks of me, like having either sitting or minimal mobility. And so when I got into like, even climbing up, walking up the stairs, like my quads and my knees were on fire. And so I went to go see this chiropractor. I call him like my magical wizard. He's just incredible. He does muscle testing and he does Akashic records. He does like all kinds of stuff. And he did, I think it's called quantum neurology. Have you heard of it? Mm, No, but it's so it's, I don't quite know what it is, but it's called, it's basically using muscle testing and I don't know, it's whatever, a lot of chiropractors use it. I'm going to, I'm not going to describe it because I'm going to butcher it. But anyways, it's incredible. So he did a few things and I was an hour in his room and when I left and I walked up my first step, I'm like, there was no pain. Like I would almost tense and wince my body because it was so much pain. There was none. I could go up and then go down and there was like nothing. And there hasn't really been much back, but there was like, I think some sort of emotional component next to it. There's, he does, there's a lot with emotions that he does too. So this whole idea that like the root of a lot of things are emotions. And if you get to the root of it, like the expression of that emotion, what's being expressed in pain or disease or whatever tends to either, like I said, receive the treatment better that you're receiving from other provider or it might just go away because you treat it the reason why it's even happening
1: exactly exactly yeah. and then the important thing is finding that balance so that it doesn't come back yeah um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i love mm-hmm. that
0: so let's talk about how people can find you and if they wanted to work with you and and i know you have a couple of courses that you've created That people
1: can get their hands on as well. That could help them. Absolutely, yes. So I am on. I'm probably on Instagram more than anything, and so I'm just at Dory Doyle, D-O-R-Y, just like the fish. And (laughs) and so that's probably where you can find me the easiest. But I have I have these courses that I call the unwind approach and it's a full program and there are different courses depending on how you want to go about it. Or if you want to take all of them, then that's the full unwind approach program. But I teach muscle testing. I teach breathing mechanics because so many people don't breathe properly. And yeah. if we don't breathe, then we don't thrive. Yeah. And so I teach breathing, but
0: you know that by the way, because I see some <laughs> things that you post and that stuff that I've received in my training as a speech therapist and my own functional therapist, I understand the importance of nasal breathing and tongue resting along the palate and everything. And so
1: when I see you sharing it, I'm
0: like, huh, I love that she knows this too, because this is not, a lot
1: of people don't know about it. <laughs> I do have to thank you because <laughs> you had years ago, and I don't even know if you remember this. I you had I do remember. We had talked about my daughter, yeah. which started us on years of myofunctional therapy with yeah. her, and it yeah. was life changing for her. Right. And and so that was just a big piece of our life. So I thought, you know what? If I've learned this and I've learned it secondhand, then other people should know this. Mm-hmm. And so I teach my clients this in private sessions. But I thought, you know what? If I'm teaching people in private sessions. Everyone should at least have access to this information, and so I—breathing you know, mechanics, the vagus nerve, and working with our nervous system. Understanding how our nervous system works because it's complex, and and we should have an understanding of it. It's something that I teach my children, so why shouldn't adults know it too?
0: Totally, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then just understanding what our bodies can do and how we can read our body's cues. And that's where muscle testing comes in. And then how we can use aromatherapy as well.
0: Again, teaching and (laughs) aromatherapy and being creative and putting it all together. Literally, it's every single thing that you've gone through that's like packaged together in this. So It is. uh, I have all that stuff in the show notes of like your Instagram page and the, the courses that you were talking about if anyone wanted to check it out but again thank you so much for this time I really appreciate it I know you're busy you homeschool your kids too in addition to all that so that could be a conversation for another day and how you balance time and all of it but thank you again a lot of that. Plate. <laughs> What's that a
1: lot of spinning plates. Yeah, <laughs> <and a lot laughs> yes, of for sure. My husband and I are definitely a team in that. But yes, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for what you are doing with this podcast and this series because it is such a wonderful, enriching conversation that we should be having and being okay with the shift. Yeah, because I have goosebumps. Yeah, we yeah. should. We should. We should all be okay with that because there is. Only one thing that is certain, and that's that things are going to change. I used to have this employer
0: (laughs) that I worked for five or six years when I was a, as a speech therapist, when I worked at this private therapeutic uh, place, like a preschool type place. And she was chaotic. She was, I don't think ever officially diagnosed, but I know people who knew of like personality disorders and just like basically said, that's what she had, (laughs) because she was so erratic. You had no idea who you are going to get. But her favorite mantra that she would say is get comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and i feel like i say that i i reflect that a lot or i hear other people say it or i've been in like other practices where like something will change and i'm okay with it because i'm just so used to things pivoting but someone had said i heard on another podcast that imposter syndrome is actually it's actually good to be experiencing imposter syndrome because it means that you are expanding and you're growing. And then when you become very, everything feels safe and it doesn't feel like you're doing anything different than nothing that you haven't grown, but it's almost like imposter syndrome is an indication that you are expanding. So it's like a good thing that you're feeling it. Oh, um, good, a, because I before. certainly feel that. <laughs> I think we all do, oh we're God. doing something different. Than what we've done or what we thought we were going to do as a child and like the programming and conditioning around that and everything. So, like I said, that's a conversation for a different time, but again, thank you so much. I really appreciate this conversation and I can't wait to, I'll have you on again in the future about some other time. Thank you, Karen.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I loved this. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Expansion and Evolution project presented by your Life by Design podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these amazing guests and their journey to living a mission-driven life. If you're interested in your own expansion and evolution, then go ahead and download my free workbook that is exclusive to this project series. I have some incredible journal prompts that will have you thinking about your own ability to expand and evolve. And if you're ready to take it a step further and work with me, then check out my new program, Meet Your Edge, a powerful individually curated three-part one-on-one container designed to help you meet your edge and propel you towards your ultimate potential. It combines human design, rapid resolution therapy, and created for the woman who is ready to recognize her gifts, stand in her power, and take ownership as the person who thrives in a mission-driven life. You can grab the link to this program in the show notes as well. I'll see you on the next episode.